Alrighty, Creedcast. Uh, we're going to do a quick little AFL preview, um, AFL as a whole. So I've done a preview episode talking about Port Adelaide, obviously, for an, around now that one goes for. So check that out in the Creedcast feed um, for the podcast. Um, you'll find that there. I'll be dropping that simultaneously to this one. So if you um, hear and listen to this one first, then go back and listen to that one. Either or, it doesn't really matter. Um, but this one, I'll just quickly try to I'll try to keep this one to half an hour. Or so probably won't probably won't succeed, but we'll see how we go. Just going to basically go down the ladder, uh, alphabetical, um, talking about just a brief thought about each team and where they might end up. Um, it's purely just my thoughts from my, you know, basic basic casual taking in of AFL news that I do, which is, you know, I, I watch a lot and read a lot, so, um, but often <laughs> it goes in one ear and out the other. So just my basic thoughts, if you want to listen to them, go for it. If you don't, you can d- d- turn it off now before you get into me rambling about, um, you know, teams in a very subjective manner i'm a port adelaide fan i'm gonna be biased so you know you might enjoy it you might not but let's get into it let's talk about what the other teams are fucking doing let's go all right so first off the number one team in the ladder alphabetically is adelaide last in our hearts and last in many people's hearts because they're a bunch of fuckwits but the adelaide crows are the first team to talk about so um a team that um you know hasn't done much the last couple of years because they're fucking shit cunts um, but you know, I I don't expect much from Adelaide this year. Um, objectively, uh, they've made some. They've obviously had some good draft picks the last couple of years. Uh, Josh Richelli looks like a good little player that they picked up in the draft. Um, so he might play some play some a uh, significant role for them this year, being that they are trying to blood that new era of player. Um, Riley Thielthorpe obviously last year came in and, and played a role, but um, still got to develop a little bit. Probably his all round game. You know, had some big moments, um, like that game against the, the big comeback against the Saints a few other times, but we're going to find that consistency. Um, vet, veterans, are, it's an interesting list dynamic they've got. They've got a lot of like, a lot of young guys coming through, obviously, um, but, they, you know, they've got the, you know, Rory Sloan's hanging around and, um, and somehow that other fuckwit that likes to, uh, likes to be a racist homophobe, um, he's still around there somehow, um, so that's cool for them. Um, good luck with that. Uh, they probably need him still, which is probably maybe not so good for them. But, um, you know, it's a disappointment for them um, that Rory Laird's out with a hand injury. I think it was that he he doesn't even know. I think I've read that Rory Laird doesn't actually know exactly when that happened. Like that finger, I think it's his third finger. I don't know. He broke it anyway, fractured it. Something. His finger's fucked. That's the main thing. Um, it was in that game against us in the preseason. So he fucked his hand or finger or something and he's out for like six weeks or something like that. So that's a worry. That's, you know, that's one of those real veteran heads that they need around there for the team. So I think they'll see some growth this year um, being that they've got so many young guys that they're blooding and they blooded so many blokes last year. And they'll be doing that again this year a little bit um, and they'll be, you know, a lot of experience gained, but then um, still um, they'll be, they're just, there's going to be some inconsistencies there that come with, um, a side like that, so I think they're they're a bottom four team this year, um, which fucking rules. Um, that makes me happy. And I'd look, if they if they're better than that, then that'll be a uh, surprise to me, and um, and also hurt my heart. But you know, fuck them. They're they're a corporate team with, and they'll never never even be a patch on us as a club. So whatever. Um, enjoy being homeless still. Um, go the Brompton Gasworks being a fucking development for some motherfuckers from Victoria um, usually wouldn't be happy about it but in this case I am so fuck yous um, enjoy being a bottom four team alrighty Brisbane um, 
We'll go straight from talking about a bottom four team. Fuck the Crows. Um, to Brizzy. A team that I think... What an interesting season they had last year, the way they started. A little bit, got a little bit screwed over, I'm thinking, against Geelong and had the, you know, after the siren win against Collingwood. But I think they started one and three or two and three. Something like that last year. And really had to fight the whole whole season to really get themselves into the top four, um, of which they did. Um, but, you know, this year I think will be a year where they, you know, there is still some deficiencies in that side. Um, I think Hipwood's still going to be out for a while, which is a big loss for him. He, he's such an interesting player. It looks just doesn't look like he should be as effective as he is, but he's got a real real strong hands and obviously athletic for his, his size. And um, and so he's going to be a big miss for them. Um, obviously, Joe Danaher probably um, probably needs to take on a little bit more of that, which he did last year, but um, he'll take a little bit more of that load. Um, you know, Dan McStay and guys like that. Um, Cam Rayner coming back is a big one for them. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the Lockie Neal situation plays out this year after that weird, weird thing where he was like, oh, I'm going to go back to Frio now. Like, but no, I'm not. Like, what the fuck was that? You just left Rio a few years ago, won a Brownlow. Brisbane are in a pretty good spot, but, you know, I get the family thing, but couldn't you have figured that out a little bit beforehand? Um, I guess I, I get it, though. But, you know, just a weird that they're in an interesting spot. They they should be they they should be top four, I think, this year, and I think they could be contending for the grand final as well. Um, but just some, some of those interesting questions around... Um, a few of those those players and that Lockie Neal thing is just fascinating to me. But Hugh McCluggage, great player as well. Um, they've got a good midfield there. Um, I can't remember who, if they've picked up anyone of note over the offseason. I'm probably just forgetting. Uh, I'm trying to ra- rattle through this quickly and keep this to half an hour. So whatever. Brisbane will be a top four team this year, I think, injuries permitting. And um, where they go from there, I'm not exactly sure. But like I said, in our, I think I talked about it in the Port Adelaide preview briefly that um, they're another one of those teams that it's an interesting position where some pressure could come onto Fagan if they if they kind of fade out in the finals again at home, kind of like we have. So, an interesting year coming up for them, kind of maybe a defining year for the next few years as well for the Brisbane Lions. But I expect top four for them, Brizzy. Alrighty, the Carlton Footy Club. Um, perennially one of the most talked about teams that has not been really actually relevant for a long fucking time. Um, but an interesting spot that they find themselves in this year, having made some big moves in the offseason. Um, obviously the coach being one of them, um, our assistant Michael Voss now, the head coach at Carlton, in his second head coaching gig, and it'll be interesting to see how much he's learnt from that first gig and going back to the assistant roles for a few years. Um, and then going into coaching again, and there's you know there's all sorts of positive talk coming out of there at the moment, obviously. Um, but apparently Paddy Cripps and himself have a good relationship, burgeoning relationship, I see, as the headline on the Colton FC official website. Um, so, you know, take that with you know, a pinch of salt, as obviously with um, stuff coming on the club website. But, you know, it's good to see. Um, I'd be, you know, Michael Voss, um, it'd be good to see him have a good run. Um, well, Colton's always fun to just shit on, so it's a weird place to be, looking at them and being like, oh, it'd be interesting to see what they can do. Because um, I, I enjoy shitting on them as well, so weird place to be. Um, but obviously, Sam Walsh is—he um, could have won a. He's—he's he's a Browner contender last year. Um, he could, if he has a good year this year, and they win a few more games, he could be um, a big, big um, vote getter in the Brownlow and potentially win it um, at such a young age. Um, he's already clearly just such a popular player with the the umpires. So, um, and they've obviously they brought in Adam, Adam Chera across from Fremantle, just bolster that midfield along with Patrick Cripps, who. Assuming he's gotten his, um, you know, back his back under control because that was such a weird situation last year. Um, that midfield is looking starting to look like a pretty formidable midfield um, there at Carlton, which is 
where it all starts. Um, you know, they've got the Coleman winner and Harry, Harry Mackay at forward, um, as well as, um, you know, the d- defense will be interesting, but they've got, like, a, you know, decent decent defense, I think. I don't know. I'm not a fucking Carlton fan. Um, don't ask me more questions about the defense, please. But, um, <laughs> look, they're, they're going to be a work in progress, but they, it'll be interesting to see if they can... Um, push for that, that that bottom eight um i think and look i think that they can i think um it's fun to sit there and go where will the carlton end up and they'll probably find a way to flame out and there's a who knows they maybe that they maybe they've got one last chat <coughs> chapter in the uh embarrassing flame outs of finals contention to go but um i i just think this year could be the year that they maybe just um injuries permitting push on and maybe just scrape into the eight which would be a big boon for the the, the start of their kind of you know, building back towards being um, the Carlton of old rather than the Carlton of the last 20 years. But um, certainly made some good moves in the off-season. And um, if Patrick Cripps has got the body right and um, Sam Walsh continues his kind of um, ascent to absolute stardom as being one of the, the just absolute best best players in the competition, then, um, yeah, the uh, there could be a fairly, fairly, um, fairly new Carlton storyline coming this season. All right, so Collingwood's the next team. Um, fuck is until you just stop being fuckwits about the prison bars. Like I don't even know if it's you, but like it's just just stop listening to that fucking. Like the best thing Eddie McGuire got you was a fucking do better report. So fucking do better and stop listening to him. Um, otherwise, uh, an interesting position they find themselves in. Um, a weird, you know, they've they've got the um, you know, Peter's lad Nick in there <laughs> along with Josh. Um, the Dacos brothers are there. Um. It'll be interesting to see, you know, they, they butted a lot of young young guys last year as well, um, but there's still so, there seems to be a, a bit of reliance still on um, the likes of still side bottom and uh, and uh, um, Scott Pendles there as well. So um, it's kind of an interesting place they're, they're at. Um, obviously, Jordan Ngoi, um is their, their big one that they need to get going, but obviously there's some... I still can't exactly be sure of what exactly fucking happened with him in the off season, and I'm not going to um, perjure myself in saying anything or get myself in trouble by saying anything without any facts. But I, I do not. I find him an interesting player, um, but he certainly he certainly could have the talent to be an absolute star in this league if he can get it together. And that's, there's there's a lot of those kind of questions with uh, Collingwood at the moment. Is Jordan Go- Degoe, you know, all that stuff aside, is he going to take that step to be? A dusty level of impact player for Collingwood. Um, Jamie Elliott needs to is going to be a big big factor in the forward line. Um, Brody Grundy needs to kind of hit that form that he was a few years ago. Um, Isaac Quayne is a great young defender, so really like what he can do for them. But again, there's that reliance, and I think there's just in that transition period where they'll work through not being so reliant on the likes of Scott Pendlebury and still side bottom. Uh, Nick Dacos looks like he could be an absolute. Um, you know, all the talk about him is like an absolute gun. Um, and then you know, it's just you've got a lot of these other young guys they blooded last year um, coming through, and they've just got a they've got they're kind of it's in that similar period of um, you know the crows find themselves in and and needing a bit more experience in those younger bodies while still relying on those older guys to get them through um, those games in the meantime. So um, you know they'll be I'm not exactly sure um, I want, don't want to say they'll be somewhere um, in the they'll be in the lower half of the table maybe just outside the bottom four but it may not be far outside of it and it could be in the bottom four so yeah an interesting another transition year but you know they're again under a new coach in Craig McRae and um, so you know there could be I just don't think they're quite they're, they're, the way their list is balanced at the moment with the, the mixture of the 
old heads and the young ones coming through, they're just not going to be quite there to even contend to be getting close to the top eight, let alone, let alone much outside of the bottom four. So that's Collingwood. Um, give us the fucking... Just stop being cunts about the bars and I'll be a lot nicer about it. All right, Essendon's the next cab off the rank. Um, will they finally end that finals drought of whatever amount of days it is now? Um, no. Uh, I Well, actually, they might. I don't know. Um, but it's, it's just funny that that situation's going on. Um, it is... Look, I have no love towards Essendon, but I don't really have any hate towards them either. Um... It is that it was. They're a fun team to watch last year, just as a neutral. Just seeing those young guys that were coming through, um, seeing Darcy Parish really hit a stride. Um, you know, Zach Merritt's a fun player to watch, and for a while there, I was hoping that we'd be going for him. But um, but you know, just so, they blooded so many young blokes last year that really um, that were just incredible players. Where you got Archie Perkins in there and and um, Nick Cox and just a bunch of guys that were you know suddenly all uh, all Australian. Um, rising star nominees and just um and and mixed in with um you know uh Jake Stringer finding that form that you know and really really becoming um an incredible you know incredible lead dynamic midfield forward player um as along with the other you know the you know obviously they've got Dylan Sheil in there who almost seems like he's almost surplus to requirement there now incredibly um Zach Merritt obviously signing on um, Darcy Parish, you know, Jai Caldwell. They just got. A, they're just such a. They're one of the more intriguing lineups to me because I don't think they're. They're obviously not like a top four, but I think they'll make finals. I think they'll be a bottom four final side. And with their experience last year and just the good vibes coming from last year after a few years of, you know, and obviously after the the um, Asada stuff and all that stuff, it's just been a rough decade for them really. But last year there was a, with some real positive vibes, um, and just they seem to be finding some some culture and character and, and identity as a squad and a team and a club after a few years of um, that kind of that wilderness in that post, um, you, know, lo- lo- you know, the team being locked out year kind of stuff. So, um, you know, they've got Jake Kelly in across from the Crows as well. I um, mean, to, to bolster that defense a little bit and just, they're a team that um, is intriguing. And they, uh, McDonald, Tip and Woody is like, is one of my favorite players outside of what I'd like to watch. Um, and I mentioned it in, the Port Adelaide preview, just when I was talking about the draft, and some people were hoping that the Tex won't get anything would happen for Port, but um, great to see him get signed on in Essendon as well. You know, the one getting name is as much as it's um, ingrained in Port Adelaide history and, and very deeply entrenched. It is um, an important part of Essendon history as well. The one getting name, and um, I'm happy to see Tex Wangan get signed there, and it would be interesting to see if he somehow finds his way in. I don't know if he will. Uh, but certainly he lit up that 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 trial game for them. So um, yeah, that would be intri- intriguing to see. So Essendon, they'll be making finals this year, I think. Um, so um, you know, <laughs> I I I think something would have to go pretty badly for them after the year they've had and the, 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 some injury injuries aside. As always, um, I think um, they're they're making finals, not top four, but they'll be in the eight. All right, so Frio. Look, Frio is a team that um, I honestly can't say I have much of a gauge on. Um, a lot of their players, um, I just, I, I just don't have a gauge on how where they're going to be at. I think they're going to be one of those teams. I just think I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if I get to the end of this podcast and listen back and go, okay, they're a team I should have said that would make the eight. I think Frio will be on the fringes of the eight. I think they're a strong. They're they've got a bit of grit and. They've got a they've got a game style that's not easy to play against. So certainly last year we kind of piled on some goals on them, but then they they locked in a little bit and, and made it tough on us as well. Um, I think they're just they're just a side I can't get a gauge on. 
Um, like Adam Chero is just a big loss for them, but then they've you know Caleb Sorong I think is a really um a, a promising player and a really great player, and then um, but then this is gonna say, this is just super um just doesn't have anything to do with footy, but I'm just so disappointed what Nat Fife's done um with the facial hair and the hair this year. Um, they really just I'm gonna be completely honest. I think that just changes everything for me about them. If he had that beautiful beautiful kind of flowing, you know, the the bun and everything going on and just looking like a he had a Greek god thing going on there for a while. And now he's got like the he's got the fucking goatee and the the little you know, it's just and the the spiked hair he looks like he's like in an aging aging scar punk band thing. Like with like kind of like they're not colouring the hair anymore and he's got a simple goatee, you know, mis- stash kind of thing going on not trying to be too hardcore but still a little bit hardcore and but they're they're clearly too old for it um just disappointed that just really disappointed otherwise yeah just don't have much of gauge on them i think they'll be um pushing for the top eight whether they'll make it i'm not exactly sure i think they might just kind of sit outside of it like they similar to the way they did last year but um they're certainly not going to be one of the easiest beats in the league this year but then they won't be you know, they're not the team kind of team you're going to be super um scared of it at the same time either just going to be one of those ones that you don't want to overlook um but just make sure you um you know stick to the stick to the uh the game plan and get the job done kind of teams Alrighty, the geelong nursing home football club um no i'm i'm being a dickhead um look there is there is a lot of aging players on that team we can't we can't lie about that um but um, they're a team that every year we go, is this the year they fall off and they don't? So to write them off would be um, a perilous thing. But it's also like, I just don't know how, if they go forward into the finals, how just how is this squad, does can it just hold up throughout a long season? Because we just haven't seen that. Like they've just fallen at the last hurdle um, pretty catastrophically in the last couple of years. You know, they, they had a, you know, they should, they, they, they had a comfortable. I mean, a grand final lead is never comfortable, but a few goals up against um, Richmond, which isn't a comfortable lead at all. But they, you know, just the way they fell away from that point, and it just seems like they didn't recover from that to the point of being absolutely blitzed in the preliminary final last year. Which, um, to to be fair, there is some there is some pretty there's some stories about how just a virus, and not, obviously not Corona, but a virus of some sort or a sick um, a flu thing or whatever, just ripped through that squad right before the game, and just um, so who knows. But you know that, that's footy. Um, you can only play what's in front of you at the time. And Melbourne, absolutely, where I think we're going to beat them either way. Um, but uh, it's an interesting lineup that they've got there. I think Jonathan Segler uh, was the big in for them this year um, in the ruck. Um, so he's come in, um, I think, from Hawthorne to to kind of help bolster the ruck. And they've got some ruck stocks. You know, they've got you know Reece Stanley still there. Uh, Radagalia's getting about. So. Um, it's an interesting. It's just that they haven't been able to get the ruck. They haven't got a solid. So Segler's come in probably to challenge for that. And um, the forward line is the big one for them still. Um, and they've got like the midfield. Obviously, Dangerfield is still um, a prime player. Um, Selwood's going to win some frees because that's what he does. Um, someone's going to fucking at me for that because it, uh, actually no, John, no John fans going to listen to this, so it's fine. Um, but you know, I'm sorry, I'm not. Whatever. Um, but um, yeah, there's, the forward line is a big. Is you know, I just remember that game at Adelaide Oval last year. Obviously, the preliminary final went quite nicely, but um, that game where they beat us in the in the minor round, 
um, just that this we the the four the dynamism of that four line when Cameron and Hawkins are working off each other and as well as Gary Rowan there as well is just uh, is is very hard to match up on. So that'll be their their big thing um, this year again, um, along with obviously a pretty strong defense again. You know Tom Stewart's an all Australian, all Australian, um, along with some pretty good um, role players throughout the list as well. So, um, you know, they've, they've got a strong lineup throughout. It's just it's whether it's absolutely game-breaking classy enough to get the, get the job done um, when it comes to finals against the likes of Melbourne um, and the Doggies and hopefully us as well um, when it comes to that point. But, um, yeah, they're, they're a lot, I think they'll be challenging for top four, but I'm not, I'm not quite sure if they'll make top four. I think it'll be... They're one of the teams, like, I think, I look at the five of, like, the Brisbane, Melbourne, Doggies, obviously us, and as well as Geelong, and there's five teams there named right off the bat, and there's only four that can fit in there. So I just think they'll be one of those teams that will be battling for top four, but I'm not sure if they'll make it um, this year. The Gold Coast Suns. Oh, boy. Such a tragic kind of existence they've led so far in the AFL, but surprisingly this year it's a year that I think that, um, well, this year's going to be defined by two things. One, it's going to be defined by... um, the incredible pressure on Stuart Jew as the rumour mill will consistently until Alex De- Alistair Clarkson does something that either says I'm coming back coaching but it won't be for them or I'm absolutely not going to go there then there's always going to be that because I, I think Clarko would probably enjoy like the moving up to the Gold Coast and just coaching and doing Clarko things up there so that's going to be a thing but actually as far as the team goes Obviously, the Ben King ACL thing is just a tragic um, way to start the season, well, before they even started the season. Um, but it's cool to see that he signed on and kind of nixed, nipped that kind of talk in the bud about him potentially moving in the, in the end of this year. He's given him a couple couple more years, so that's a real boon to the kind of the, the culture there. And I think Stuart Jew has actually done an all right job there, considering uh, I know last year it didn't go well, but the Gold Coast existence has been so, so just horrific and you know the, the working out of fucking you know transportals and stuff for the first few years and all it's just it's just been such a terrible project so far that there's going to be a lot of that stink hanging around for a while i think stuart jew is doing a, a commendable job of kind of working through that um despite the fact that the team is still a bit of a shit show um obviously last year matt Rowell again was out but they really they like took miller um is just one of my favorite players outside of what i'd like to watch as well and he's he had a great year last year, and um, he's going to be on one again this year. Um, him and Ralph both fit would be a real boon to him. Um, they've got, like, you know, they've got like, midfield stocks are um, quietly just not too bad. Uh, if Jared Witts can be fit this year, that'll be a big boon for them because there was the ruck was really let them down last year as well. Um, you know, David Swallow in the midfield as well. Um, it'll be big to see. Um, I think you know they've got some. They've got a real like they've got some good depth in there. You know, Lucky Weller, Noah Anderson. Um, Braden Fiorini's come on as well. Like they've got some good, like there's some good young players getting along there, as well as some experience that's come in. You know, they've brought in Mabiel Chole. Um, you know, Rory Atkins is out there as well. Um, Brandon Ellis, um, as well as um, you know, the, the, the one of the big storylines as well is going to be is Jack Lacocious. You know, all the stuff about him fucking coming back to the Crows and all that stuff. It'll be interesting to see if they can somehow work a way to keep him there. I think a lot of these. That'll be a big moment if they can keep him, keep Rankin, um, and get get a little bit more uh, um, consistency out of Rankin as well, because he really needs to show kind of the uh, 
the uh, player that um, we think he can be. Um, so you know, Rankin's got to come, like because you know he's he's under underwhelmed. I think a little bit. So you know, but there's some signs there that they can. They just need a year this year. They're not going to make the eight for me. Um, obviously, like I think they're just they're, they're nowhere near a finals team. But they could have a year this year where they just build some, just start building a little bit. But they need to. Um, and you know, you know, Ben King being out does does give them that little bit of a like. Well, you know, they've had you know, there's a little bit of a. Um, let's let's fight against this um, talk that we're going to be a shit show again this year because our big forwards out. Um, you know, they could they could still start building something there, just under under the, under the, under the surface a little bit. Um, you know, get you know, get that midfield um, kind of put, like working and and figure out what's going on there and and just start building something for the future. So um, there's still a shit show, but you know, there's there's signs there that if they can just start, start getting some things right and some something going some things going for them. That there could be just something there finally for the future. All right, the GWS Giants, our other expansion team. Um, really not, kind of like free hours, don't have much of a gauge in them at the moment. I think they had such a catastrophic 2020 and we saw that really well highlighted in that uh, making their mark Amazon Prime series, which I wish, were they doing another, I feel like I heard they were doing another season of that or something adjacent to it and I haven't seen anything about that yet. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. That didn't look good for um, Leon Cameron or Stephen Keneally in that series at all. Um, but last year, um, not Stephen Keneally, I saw. I think actually Leon Cameron had a little bit of a bounce back year as far as his coaching goes because they were just devastated by such an onset of injuries um, to their team. They still somehow managed to, you know, scrape into the um, scrape into the the finals and 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 win the win the derby in the finals as well. Um, obviously, Toby Green once again just inexplicably got himself into some strife that um, you know he had no he had no argument against that either. I don't think and. That'll continually be a story, I think, with Toby Green until he gets his. You know, you can talk about Toby Tax and all that fucking shit, but he he does get himself in these situations more often than a lot of players, and I just don't think there's. I think it's one of those where they smoke this fire. Sometimes, I think he does genuinely cop a Toby Tax on some of those more those more fifty um, fifty ones, but he he has that Toby Tax because of shit like that that umpire stuff in the late last year. So, um. But that aside, um, they're an interesting squad. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, Canelio is the big one for me. Is just how they kind of um, get him back to the player he was. If they if he can, if he can play a role, um, I think they've got. Um, I'm interested to see how Lee Kalia goes with goes with them. Um, he's one of those players out of the draft I was like intrigued by. Um, but otherwise, they've got they've got an interesting side. But I just I don't exactly know. Where they're going, they kind of half got this side of um, some young players coming through, but then um, you know they're, they're carrying some nice veterans there as well. You know Jesse Hogan will be a big one to see if he can get a good year in again. Um, I, I do, I do root for him just as a player that's kind of had some issues, um, and certainly mental health is something I'm really strong and um, supporting. Kind of you know breaking down that stigma. So um, I love Tim Taranto as well, but you know it's just an interesting team and. I do love beating them though. Like fucking, I just for some reason there's something about GWS I don't don't like either. So um, yeah, I just don't know where they fit. I, they're not making the eight. Um, they're not quite bottom four, but I just don't think. I think they'll. I think they could have another one of those years where they they kind of. I don't want to say like they, they made the eight last year, and they and I think they'll just be. I guess I think GWS will be one of those teams that if if a team like um we've got Richmond um which I'll talk about soon as we get to them um, Carlton I've already talked about. A couple of teams that I think are going to be making a move up the table, and I think GWS will be a victim of those teams moving up. So 
That's just where I find him at the moment, just not quite in the eight. Alrighty, Hawthorne is the next team up in the preview. Um, I Hawthorne's another team um, that I find will be is in transition in a similar way to. Uh, I mean, we've got a few teams um, with new coaches this year, and Sam Mitchell's another one um, coming in after the long, long and incredibly successful tenure of uh, Alistair Clarkson. Weird and somewhat fumbled uh, handballing of the job, but hey, it is what it is. Um, they're a team that, um, you know, Tom Mitchell was a name thrown up in trade talks last year at one point, I think. Um, it didn't actually really gain any momentum, I don't think, but there's certainly the talk of, like, do they trade? They're in that weird position where they've got a few veterans. They tried to rebuild um, without the draft, and it just didn't work, and, and that's that was the end of Clarkson's tenure there, really. Um, and uh, so they've got this interesting mix of um, veterans as well. Um, Tom Mitchell, a Brownlow winner and all that stuff. But, um, you know, is he going to find any success there in any real tangible way um, before, you know, Jaeger Ramirez come down there um, and it really hasn't uh, hasn't been the player that we they hoped for. But in amongst that, I mean, you know, our old boy Wingard as well has been another one of those kind of players that they've acquired in that, striving to rebuild without having to go through the draft and it just hasn't worked um so for them um this is going to be a year of uh adapting to a new a new coach um finding a finding a game plan that works and starting to find a new identity and they're going to have to um really embrace the finding of a new identity and and accept that the Clarkson era like Sean Burke when retiring as well is, is just in the past now and and move forward. Um, they've got some good young players there. I love I love Jath um, in the back lines. Um, you know, there's some, and Jacob Kaczynski was a real good find last year as a young young forward as well. Um, and they've got some good other players coming through as well. So, look, they're a team that's um, going to be outside of the eight this year as well. But um, you know, there's, there's, I don't see I don't have any expectations much of them as um, you know. Really, might be a tough year for them um, for me, but. Uh, some it's just going to be a year of finding finding a new identity and um and starting to really um, blood some of those young ones coming through, um and start moving on from a few of these guys and and it'll be interesting to see what kind of list management decisions are made after this year um with the likes of your wing guards and Mitchells that are around if they do decide to you know to move in a di- direction that um they start they try to get if you get um, a little bit more uh, work into the draft as well so um some interesting decisions going forward for them for Hawthorne but uh don't expect much of them this year at all um they'll be just outside the bottom four I think yeah Melbourne I mean there's not much to say <laughs> the reigning premiers I mean absolutely dominating season from beginning to end last year um, you know, a couple of losses aside, uh, they were just um, an incredible team last year. No, I, I really don't have much to say about them. They, pro- I think they're um, like the. I think it's it's always easy to label these previous t- years uh, winner, um, the your automatic favorite for the next year, just because they won the last one. But there is genuine reasons to name them that they've they've had a, they've had a couple of young like they had so they butted some young guys last year that come through and and had a really substantial role in the get in their in their season um the, the guys that are at the central point of all that stuff like some of the recruits like Stephen may and jake lever and stuff have got years ahead of them still petrarca's in his prime clayton oliver's just coming into his prime and could win a brownlow either of those two could win a brownlow 
um, forward line, they just fucking were able to just grab Ben Brown, who like statistically was, I mean, sorry, just goal kicking wise with the best forward of the previous four years. Um, just everything that all comes together. I mean, the forward line was like the biggest question halfway through last year was like, cause you know, they hadn't quite got their mix right and Ben Brown hadn't broken in there yet, but then they just had Bailey Fritch kick for six goals in a grand final. And it just doesn't fucking matter anyway. So they're going to be fine. They're, um, for me, they're just the favourite this year because they are they were so dominating last year and injuries aside, they will be a very similar side this year and if the hunger's there, then they're going to be hard to beat again. Alrighty, North Melbourne. Um, look, they could be well in contention for the Wooden Spoon again this year, unfortunately, um, for them as far as just basic ladder positioning goes. But hey, maybe that'll work for them in getting another draft pick and being able to draft a bloke like Jason Horn francis again. Um, but uh, in all seriousness, they... Uh, they showed some signs last year. Going um, once you know, once they accept where you are, um, it, it can sometimes be actually a positive experience in the sense of just accepting that you are at the bottom end of the totem pole and you're you're really truly going through a rebuild. Um, they got some good young players coming through there. Um, Jason Horn Francis was a massive big draft pick for them uh, to move, kind of move into the new era. They've offloaded a lot of players in the last couple of years, but they've um, managing to pick up Hugh Greenwood after that bungle from the Gold Coast about how they were going to, you know, just taking advantage of the way the rules work and giving him an offer was a great, great move. Um, I think they'll be uh, they'll be finishing... They'll finish bottom this year, I think, for me, but they'll be bottom four for sure. Um, it could be, it'd be, I'd just love to see the Crows finish bottom again, so I'm, I'm rooting for them not to. Um, but I think I think the Kangaroos will be um, in the bottom two comfortably. But um, I think they'll, they'll show some signs this year of kind of the move forward. But they, they've just had to do such a big list turnover over the last couple of years. It's just going to take a year or two to find that consistency with the, as, as they're getting blooding these young ones coming through. Um, but you, I think we'll start to see a bit more grit from them and, and maybe just some of those big heavy losses won't be quite as consistently um, occurring. But um, yeah, bottom two comfortably for me, I think, for the Kangaroos this year, unfortunately. But... Um, just st- starting to show some signs that they're on the um, the upper track of the um, rebuild of the past couple of years. Ah, Richmond. Remember those guys that terrified us for three or four years straight but then just fell off the wagon right last year? Um, I think they'll be back up there again this year. Uh, last year was they they had an incredibly rough run with injuries. Obviously, you know it's not it's you know it's an excuse only as far as. You know, we had a pretty rough run with them last year as well and made it work. Um, they just, I think it was a mixture of the fact they were coming off a couple of long years of being right up there and the injuries just hit at the right times to the wrong players. Um, Dusty missed half the season, I think. Presti was out for a while. You know, Nick Vlaston was out for a while. Um, There's just a lot of players, so many of the, the real key players, the, the the straws that stir the drinks, all that stuff, you know, your Shane Edwards's. All, all of those kind of players were just a significant time, and it just was a little bit too much. You know, they still were close to the finals um, right towards the end, I think, but, you know, just we're never going to quite make it by the end of it, and it was, you know, put the cues in the rack and get ready for next year. Um, you know, they've lost Basha Hooley um, to retirement this year, which is a big is a big loss, but um, and obviously maybe a child's gone up to the Gold Coast. Um, but, you know, they've, they've added some players. Um, they've got some... Uh, adding Robbie Tarrant from North Melbourne, I think, was a big... A big move for them um, is he's, he's going to kind of take over in the as, a, as one of those good veteran players in the back line that they seem to have a bunch of, um, and obviously it is going to be predicated on um, keeping like they're obviously the Richmond team of a couple of years ago isn't quite there, but there's a lot of what was there. You know, Jack Revolt, you know, Tom Lynch, obviously the forward line um, getting humming again. 
will be a big part of it. Revolt's obviously getting on in years, but um, Lynch is really the key key forward there now, and they're going to need a lot a lot from him, as well as just um, getting Dusty back to kind of that devastating form that we saw of the you know up until last year. Even last year he had it. It's just he was so he, he was beleaguered by injury. But um, you know, he's going to have to find that form. He's really the the you know if Dusty if Dusty can get back to kind of even close to Brownlow Dusty form, as well as keeping um the list relatively healthy, um they'll be back in the eight. They I don't think they're they're top four contenders. Um, but they they won't be far off of that either. I just think they're not quite there. Um, with the list the way their list profile is. Um, but yeah, they certainly I think they can be right back in the finals mix. Um. And with a side of that kind of experience, could be one of those dangerous um, bottom four of the eight kind of teams um, this year. Oh, and the Saints, uh, the Saint Kilda Saints this year. This is going to be an interesting one. They they really made a they made it seem to make a stride forward in twenty twenty, and then really kind of just fell back a little bit last year um, with a few of those players that they'd brought in, like your Dan Butlers and stuff, just not quite having that impact. Um, injuries again. A big part of that, um, with as with a lot of teams, but you know, teams are still going to make finals. Um, it's interesting looking through their list right now on their website. They've got Jared Lean listed there, which wonderful for Jared Lean to be um, find, find himself in an AFL list. I think that was only a couple of days ago he got officially signed to uh, St Kilda. So good for Jared. Um, not quite making it at Port, but although plenty would say that he, he, he deserved to, get, to keep his spot possibly. So um, he's found himself at the uh, St Kilda. His current his like headshot on St Kilda's website is in his Port Adelaide gear, which is super super fun. Anyway, um, but yeah, the, their list is um, you know decent midfield going on there. Um, I expect them to be challenging for the eight again this year, but I'm not exactly sure um, if they're going to quite get there. I just I I think they've got such a good. I just think injuries are going to bite them. I just don't think they found quite their consistency in the likes of like Brad Crouch. He's going to have to have a big year. Um, obviously Jack Steele's a great player. I think he's going to have a big year. For them, um, you know, like Bradley is like likes of Bradley Hill. I just don't know if he's ever going to find that form that they signed him for again. But uh, Max King, um, obviously, um, a big part of their their plans going forward. Uh, Rowan Marshall will take more of the role, and Paddy Ryder just keeping Paddy Ryder kind of fit and and able to p- pinch it and do do his ruck job, and then go up forward as well. Like he's obviously aging now, is really well now, um, but he can play a role. Um, It'll again be a, a real, you know, predicated on uh, injuries aside. I think they can challenge for the eight, um, and I think they've got uh, some good signs going forward with that that side they've got. Um, but they've they've going to be some questions. There's there's a lot of questions that come out of last year and how they played last year and kind of the collapse against the Crows in that game and whatnot that that makes you wonder about their um kind of uh, where they where they're exactly they're going. But um, there's certainly um, a lot of good players in that list that they're, they're too good to not be um, contending for the eight. Uh, it'll just be interesting to see how they bounce back from last year and everything that happened last year and see uh, see where they go from there. All right, the Sydney Swans, a team that last year looked for a while to be possibly a surprise top four contender before they fell away. Uh, finished in the finals, but obviously um, went out straight off. Um, they're a team that uh, I think it could be a, a quiet um, underdog this year. Um, they could be one of those teams that if they can get those that youth that they really brought in last year can take the step forward again this year and um, play a role for them, as well as you know guys like Heaney um, and the midfield. You know Kennedy is a veteran coming through there. Florent, um, Callum Mills really just blew blew up last year and has gone has come right into the midfield. 
Um, disappointing for me as a as a fantasy um, keeper of Callum Mills that he's no longer eligible for the defender spot, but um, he's um, an out-and-out midfielder now and really uh, was one of the big, big moves of the last year was um, Sydney developing him into the, being the, the player he is now. Um, obviously, the big storyline this year early on is um, Lance Franklin kicking the 1,000 goals, which I'm just so stoked that that, I mean, obviously, um, knock on wood, he no injuries happen. He does get to keep those thousand goals because who knows? I just well, we the way the game's played now. I just don't think we'll see it again. So it's just such a massive achievement. Achievement. I remember as a kid watching watching uh, Tony Lockett um, kick the goal that broke um, Gordon Coventry's record. Um, so that was just wonderful, um, cool. A really just an amazing moment to be a part of. So it'd be cool to kind of see that happen again. Um, hopefully the the fans charge onto the field, all that stuff. That's what I want to see it. Um, I want to see that kind of stuff happen. Um, it's a really cool thing. Um, to, like I said, something that won't um, happen probably again in the AFL unless the game changes drastically. So, um, yeah, seeing someone like um, Lance Franklin, who's been such a big part of the AFL, um, kind of break that barrier of a 1,000 goals would be cool to see. But otherwise, um, their team is one that I kind of I see them just below the top four as far as their where they, I think they'll fit. But I think they'll be maybe in that five six range, uh, maybe in that six seven range. But they're the kind of team that I think if they could steal a few, steal a game here and there, um, like in a you know those close ones, they could be one of those teams that can just break in there if they just have that run of getting winning some of those close ones. You know, like the game they lost against us last year. If they win those ones, just not against us, just leave us alone the rest of them but they're one of those teams that I think will comfortably finish in the eight but whether that's like comfortably in the bottom four of the eight that's really the question here um they lost George Hewitt and um Jordan Dawson obviously in the offseason but um uh they picked up uh you know they picked up obviously Laddams from us and I think that's going to be the big thing um for them this this next year going forward is um you know kind of developing where they're going with that you know Hickey had a great year for them last year can he replicate that in the ruck, or is Laddams really going to be? They've picked up Laddams to really bolster that, as well as you know, obviously another another tall forward with how we know Laddams can play. Um, that would be a big thing uh, to see where they go with that, and if Laddams can really truly develop into that um, that rock solid ruckman for them, and continually develop into that you know develop that midfield because uh, they've certainly got the talent up forward. Um, obviously, the likes of Papley still around, as well as these young blokes they blooded last year. Um, but yeah, I I think they can be a they can be a finals contender and a little dangerous. I just don't think they're quite um you know going to be cracking into that top four. But you know we saw that at the hot start last year and certainly can play some pretty damn good footy. West Coast, oh boy, oh boy, they're uh, the Chiefs are having a rough run. Apparently, like Jack Darling's finally um gotten the gotten vaccinated, so he's going to be back in the mix for them. But because of his um. He's been out of the team completely for the last couple of months since the vaccine mandate came in and he wasn't able to be at the facilities or anything like that until he got vaxxed. He's going to be um, taking a bit of time to get back into it. I think they've got, from what I remember reading, and I'm just going to Google it right now quickly, um, I think they've got a bit of a COVID issue ripping through the squad at the moment too. I think I just saw um, recently that um, I reckon Tim Kelly's just just got it as well. So... um, it's uh, they're um, unfortunately I think the the way they're looking uh, going into the season they they they're already a lot of people are expecting them to drop off significantly, um, and uh, I think it's um, ah, yes uh, Tim Kelly 
doesn't I don't know if he has it, but he's a close contact, possibly. So that might be what it is. Anyway, I, I'm just trying to find out as I'm I, sh- I should have looked it up beforehand. But um anyway. It seems that uh West Coast are in all sorts of trouble as far as <laughs> actually having a side uh fit to go at the start of the season. And then just in general I just think they've 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 they just um they haven't quite hit after that grand final win a couple of years ago. They just the, the squad just hasn't quite their their agent like, you know, the likes of Gaff and Shuey. Um, Shuey just can't he just can't keep fit anymore. Gaff is on the is on the other side of things. Tim Kelly just hasn't replicated the form um that he had at um Geelong quite as well. Um once he got to West Coast he was gonna I thought he was just gonna be just rip the comp apart over there being back home and, and comfortable, but he just hasn't and um you know, when you think of Jack Darling and you know, Josh Kennedy's obviously um he's he's a two thousand and seven rookie, two thousand six, two thousand seven, so He's getting on. Um, he's not going to be around much longer. Jack Darling again. Um, he's got to get himself fit and then um, and back and uh, work his way back into the squad, which it, it won't be difficult to work his way back in the squad once he's game fit and ready to go. But I just don't see this team. Um, you know, Shannon Hearns. <laughs> he's not going to be around much longer either. Same rookie year as uh, Josh Kennedy. These kind of guys are just um, they don't have much left in the tank, and they they, they just don't they don't have much coming through yet either. And I just think that it's going to be a, a start of a rough couple of years is happening this starting this year for West Coast. I think they'll be bottom. I think they could be a surprise bottom four contender. Alrighty, last but not least is the uh, Western Bulldogs. Um, last year's runner up in the grand final. Um, our, our goddamn. Um, nemesis from the preliminary. Um, they're they're going to be good again this year. Um, yeah, that's some real real hard hitting, hard hitting um, stuff for you there. But they're going to be they, look. They're a team that um, Marcus Bonapelli's truly taken the reins as a real leader in the competition. I think he's a, he's a, a one of the top favourites of the Brownlow this year. Uh, the Bont. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how the, that game goes. I'm really looking forward to watching the grand final rematch this year between uh, this weekend, this week as the curtain raiser, which should be the way it is every year, by the way, um, between themselves and the and Melbourne. Uh, the Bont, what an incredible player he is. He's, he's such a fun player to watch. A little bit frustrating at times, but he's such a fun player. And they've, they've really got a great midfield there. Um, really rebuilt well after that um, grand final run, surprisingly, of a few years back, um, and just done a really good job of um, kind of rebuilding, um, getting the likes of you know Josh Dunkley. Like, they've just got such a strong like, kind of like Melbourne. They're really deep in the midfield. Um, you know, Dunkley's the McCrae's, um, and uh, and and Bailey Smith is obviously such a revelation of a player in that draft as well from a couple of years ago. Um, Getting Josh Bruce in there, and obviously he had that injury last year, but then like the guys like Cody Waitman, and Aaron Norton, um, that have come in there and really made that forward line one of the more dynamic ones in the league. Um, and even without, you know, uh, don't know when Josh Bruce is back or if he's already. I think he was out for a bit, but um, the Rucks probably still an issue for them, possibly. But you know, the likes of Adam Trigger being able to get him in there as well. Um, the defense is pretty damn good. Um, I, I just I'm really impressed with what they've done to build their side over the past couple of years, after kind of that um, that that surprisingly grand final run. Um, and, and they've lost a couple of those players from that team. You know, likes of Jake Stringer ended up leaving, and Luke Darehouse gone as well. And they still have just built themselves into an incredible incredible squad squad for the few years going forward. I think. I think one of the big one, the big questions for them will be actually getting like the likes of Jamara Ugu Hagen, who was so highly touted. Um, he really couldn't break into the team last year, 
and still doesn't he still looks like he's got a bit of work to do to get into that team. So that'll be one of the big storylines for them this year. But that's um that's hardly a big storyline as far as, you know, just a guy trying to break into the team. Um that's a good problem to have if they're struggling to get that guy going. Um uh, they picked up Dar- Sam Darcy um as a father son pick with um Luke Darcy in the offset in the draft as well. Um, they had so, you know just a team well well built to go back again. I think they'll be a top four contender. Um, <laughs> it seems that they like to finish outside the top four if they're going to make the grand final. It seems from the past few years, but uh, any either or um, they'll be they'll be comfortably in the top six, and I think they'll be challenging for the top four as well. So, yeah, the doggies um, built to right, going all right. Um, possibly a Brownlow winner there as well. I think if I was putting money on anyone, I think I'd put it on um, be a coin flip between uh, Bont and Clayton Oliver. I reckon. Alrighty, so there you have it. That's my thoughts for the brief, very brief. I said I'd keep it half an hour. I'm almost at 40, 48, 49 minutes now, so it was a little bit longer than I intended, but still a pretty brief, quick run through of just where I, gen, like a very, very vague thoughts about where I think every team's at going into this year. Um, not much there really, but just I just wanted to put it out there if anyone is interested in how I was thinking about all the teams going, all the rest of the league going forward and who I was worried about and who I wasn't. So, yeah, I think Melbourne are favourites for the flag this year. Um, if this is me being completely objective, subjectively, I think we're favourites. But I, that's because I want us to win. But um, I think Melbourne can um, easily go back to back this year if they they show the hunger they did last year. Um, and and certainly, I think there is. A, I think there's a factor of the fact that they did they didn't get to win it at the MCG last year as well. So that'll be a burning thing for them too. And that's another thing we got to fight against. So uh, Melbourne favourites for me, but um, certainly hope that it's us playing off and hopefully beating them on their home deck um, in September this year. So. Yeah, that's it. That's the preview of the rest of the league done. And um, you know, the next episode that will be dropping later this week will be um, a preview of our first match. Can't wait to fucking get around it. Let's go.